Good morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and good morning to those in the world that are not of Christ. Something I want to talk about, Willie, um, and it's something I've witnessed this morning where I live in this block of flats for ex-veterans. And something the Bible talks about as well, Paul talks about this in Corinthians, about you, you can't have fellowship with those who have double standards. You can't have fellowship with those who are lost in the world. And, you know, even though I've been preaching the gospel to these lads, and there's two in particular, but one I've been spending quite a bit of time with, sharing the gospel and being around him as a man, you know, something Paul says that we cannot have fellowship with those in darkness. Now, if they're not willing to change, they're not willing to listen and open their hearts to God, you know, we can't sit and have fellowship with them. And this morning, I'm standing there, and this guy that, you know, I've got respect for, he's a nice lad, he's been a, a quite a long time in the uh, in the army, and we have that sort of man-to-man camaraderie, so that man-to-man that -man sort of ethos with the military behind us. But I'm a man of God now. I'm not a man of the world. And this morning, he was being very two-faced with a guy that has moved into the building and is saying he's ex-SAS, when he's clearly not ex-SAS, because we asked him a few questions and we, are, we mentioned a few names which he didn't have a clue. So clearly, everyone in the SAS know these people and know these protocols. So therefore, he's lying. So therefore, I cannot have fellowship with him, even if in the, in the world before as a Christian, I wouldn't have fellowship with someone like that anyway. But as a Christian, I can't be two-faced, talk to him one minute, and then talk behind his back, in a sense, about his behavior, because I don't talk behind people's backs. That's forbidden. That's slander. And, you know, Proverbs 6 verses sorry proverbs 6 verses 16 to 19 makes it clear that god condemns those and has an abomination that those who actually slander or talk behind people's backs is an abomination so as a christian you can't but what i'm trying to get is that when i've mentioned him and his behavior i've said to this guy that i've known who i've been preaching the gospel to that this type of guy's behavior saying people he's sas when he's not you know i can't have fellowship with someone like that and then this morning this guy who i've been talking to is talking to him like a mate i'm just looking at him thinking what you're doing you know it's not it's not about being rude when i see someone that's high how you doing i mean i live in the same building as them and they're all 16 self-contained flats so it's not you know every day i'm going to walk past this guy so when i see him i say hi how you doing and walk off it's just being polite because being ignoring people, you're not really representing God very well as an ambassador, are you? So, you know, what I'm trying to get at, and this whole episode I'm trying to talk about, is you can't be two-faced with people. You cannot have fellowship with those in darkness. And you can't, you've got to be a separate body. You're a separate um, people. This is what the Bible says. Paul says this in the New Testament, that you are a separate kingdom. I've touched on this before. And you are to represent God. You are to walk differently. You are to act differently. And the, and the path, you know, as Christians, we are going to walk very lonely. Well, no, the, 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 there's a book out and it's called The Saint Must Walk Alone. And the Bible talks about that because God wants you to himself. God wants to train you and teach you and change you into this wonderful child of God through the blood of Jesus. And that takes time through sanctification, Romans 6, 7, 8. If you don't change and you don't want to change and you're making it hard for the Lord to work in your life, there is a cutoff period, right? The Lord will cut you off. Hebrews 6, Hebrews 10. You know, and when you look at Scripture as a whole, this is very important. Now, I cannot be two-faced with anybody, and I hate it. I just hate it with a, a, I, I hate it with a vengeance. And God the Father hates it as well. It's wickedness, you know? 
and Proverbs 1 to 5 came to me this morning after this. And for me now, I've got to take a step back because God has reminded me, Steve, you're my son. You have a job to do, and that's to preach that gospel, right? And he said to me when I first moved in, don't get involved in the building and the project, right? And that's everything from the landlord asking me to drive the veterans van all the way to having fellowship with these guys in here. That's not my job. My job is to preach my Lord's gospel. And then after that, if they accept it, you help them more. If they don't accept it, like this morning, with there's uh, there was one, two, so there's two of them I've been preaching to out of the four that or four of us were talking. And every time they've said, oh, my life's getting better and I feel better. Not once did they thank God. Not once did they thank Jesus. And it's all about their own strength. And I'm looking at them thinking, well, in two years from now, both of you will be flat on your face again, you know, asking for help. Will God help you? Yes, he will. But there's a certain point where he won't. Right. Even Christians that are actually children of God, he doesn't help you every single time you call out for help because it could be a case of he's disciplining you. Hebrews 12, 8. Or was it Hebrews 13, 8? I can't remember. I get this confused. That one of them is. It's either Hebrews 12, 8 or Hebrews 13, 8. Anyway, I can't remember every scripture. You know, and God disciplines those who he loves. But those who he doesn't love are illegitimate children of God. So that's straight away telling you that there are two groups. They're the ones that actually belong to Jesus and the ones that don't belong to Jesus. And the ones that don't belong, these are the ones that never have any problems in their life. They're the ones that are bearing no fruit. They haven't changed from the beginning to the end. These people do not belong to God. End of story. Right? John 6, 4, 4, no one comes to Jesus unless the Father has sent them. So if the Father hasn't sent them to Jesus to be changed, to give his, their lives to God, John 3, 5, they are not children of God. Simple as that. There are millions out there that have walked into a church and gone, I'm a Christian, but there's no evidence of it at all. All this nicey, nicey, smiley, smiley, kissy, kissy, huggy, huggy, that's not a Christian right because you will know the difference between two christians one is producing real solid fruit they don't swear they don't curse they don't think negatively they put jesus first in everything this morning with them lads not once did they say jesus has helped me god has helped me i've listened to steve i've called out to god and he's helped me with this and that and i really want to get right with him i really want to repent of all my wicked sins i really want to get right with the creator of the earth i really want a relationship i really want to go to heaven i really really am sorry and i'm so sorry that i would actually give my life to jesus i would actually go to the cross for jesus instead of jesus this is the attitude of a christian that is the evidence of a christian so many people say yeah i'll do this and i'll do that they won't do it i can read people like a book Right, and that's not judgment. I've done that all my life. I can literally stand there and I know one, if you're a nice person, two, when I say nice, what I mean is you're walking down the street, you're friendly, you're polite, you wouldn't go out your way and hurt someone, you know, you'd help someone cross the road, you'd help someone with their shopping, that's a nice person. Right? And we're allowed to say that amongst each other. But the Bible says in Mark ten eighteen that Jesus said when apostles asked him, teacher, you are good, he says, No, I am not good, only God is good. So it's important, guys, to understand, right, that we are a separate people. We are to walk differently to them. This is what I wanted to say earlier on. This is when I was talking about this, and this is why I decided this, this um, episode. The people in the world that are not of God, they are like the scum that floats on a sewer water when it comes to standards and values and honor. 
right? You as a Christian, your standards and values and honour and principles are way up in the sky heading towards Jesus. That's the difference between a Christian and someone lost in the world. People in the world, they use their values and their integrity when it suits them. But as a Christian, your values, your integrity and your honour is 24-7. Right. That's the difference between someone lost in the world and a Christian. And let me just emphasize something. It's very important that you focus on your salvation with the Lord, because on Judgment Day, it's you that stands before God, not your neighbor. Make sure you are right. This is what Paul said about checking in on yourself, examining, examine yourself. He says this in the New Testament. I think it's in Corinthians. If you type in Google or check the Bible, your concordance type in when Paul says you must examine yourselves it's important we all have to do this all the time you know a couple of days ago I stepped out of line and I sinned and most of the time when I sin and then like I said before in many other episodes there's a difference between deliberately sinning and accidentally sinning we all sin but there's a difference between actually sinning and doing it on purpose which covers Hebrews 10 26 for those who deliberately sin and live in sin live in sin is what I'm getting at if you live in sin Hebrews 10, 26 says, there's a, um, there's, they can, if you live in it, then there cannot be a sacrifice for sins anymore. In other words, God has to, God, that's it, you don't belong to God, that's it. You can't keep on sinning and living in sin deliberately when the Spirit constantly warns you to stop, right? There can, after a time, there cannot, be, there cannot be a sacrifice for sins left to cover your sin, right? No more blood, that's it. But for those who do, don't deliberately sin and don't willfully sin, but sin, and we all do, then we've got to bring it to the Lord straight away or within a few minutes or an hour. The Spirit's going to prompt you, repent, repent, repent. That's how close I am with God. And the other day, I literally stepped out of line. I did something that the flesh wanted to do, and I went along with it, brushed it off, went out, drove my car, and my whole day went down the pan. <clears throat> The whole day went wrong, and I mean wrong. I was being spiritually attacked, right? I felt so rough. When I got back to my flat, I cried, and I said, Father, what have I done? What have I done wrong? I spoke to a brother who helped me, talk me through it, and then when I was eating dinner that night, the Lord showed me exactly what you've done wrong. This is what you've done, Steve. Repent. And I repented, and God forgave me. The peace came back around me. That's why it's so important, guys, to understand that repentance is so important. Because we're going to make mistakes. We're going to do wrong things. And when we do, we come to Jesus straight away, repent of what we've done. So we acknowledge what we've done, exactly what we've done for to the T. We ask forgiveness to Jesus, 1 John 1, 9. Right? He will forgive us, and we move on. But if you don't repent... God cannot be where you are. So God is near you, hanging around you, but he's saying, repent. So if you repent, I can join you again. So that's why when Jesus died on the cross, when he became sin for the world, who believe in him, John 3, 16, the Father and the Spirit left. Why? Because the Father and the Spirit cannot be attached to sin. They can be around it, but they can't be attached to it. It's as simple as that. So when you sin and you don't repent, that Jesus cannot be attached to you. He's around you saying, repent, repent, repent through the Spirit, but you are not repenting, so it gets worse and worse and worse, and now I understand why there's so many so-called Christians in disease, in personal disaster of finance, in serious problems around the world, because they don't repent. The Calvinists are fantastic experts on this and not repenting. They actually believe you don't have to repent, really, while well, you're severely deceived, because John 15 is something they should be paying attention to severely john 15 is probably the chapter in the whole four epistles that 
make it very clear if you abide in Jesus what happens and when you don't abide in Jesus what happens to you it's very important that you focus on John 15 it's a powerful powerful chapter so these events have happened to me this morning right like they do in most days and this is what I want to encourage all of you you must repent in the name of Jesus to the Father you must acknowledge what it is Bring it to his attention when the Spirit convicts you. Repent of it, and then the Father will cleanse you by the blood again, and you move on. That's the whole point of sanctification in the book of Romans 6, 7, and 8. If you read that and go through it, that's sanctification. You're being sanctified. You've been saved in Jesus in the beginning, and you are still saved in Jesus as long as you abide in him, John 15. If you don't, in the end, the Father will cast you out and throw you into the fire. And the fire is hell. Ultimately, the lake of fire. Horrible, horrible. Um, Revelations 22, verse 8, when Jesus talks about the second death. The second death is you being eternally separated from the Father. That is just horrible. And I mean, uh, when you think about that, it makes me feel sick. It's horrible. Being eternally separated from the Father, that means there's no hope for you. You are, you are in outer darkness in the lake of fire forever. You will never, ever, ever, ever come out. There's no hope for you. That's where the garbage goes. Those who have lived in sin and walked away from Christ, those will go to that place. It's horrible. So, <clears throat> the emphasize, what I want to emphasize on this morning is you cannot be two-faced with people. This is what happened with Peter when Paul came across Peter. Peter was going out to the Gentiles and preaching to them and having fellowship with them. And then when his own Jewish people came along, he left them and went and sat with his Jewish people and would have nothing to do with the Gentile people. You cannot do that. Paul ripped his head off and convicted him right he repented and he changed his habits you can't be like that right some people say to me especially messianic jews that you know for scripture when jesus said that that the elect in the, the book of matthew when jesus talks about the elect being the seed he said the elect are the people of israel israel over the world and i said no it's not that's not true at all the elect are those who are chosen within the faith so regardless if you're Jew or Gentile, those who believe in Jesus are grafted into the grapevine, John 15, because you're all human beings, right? The days of um, the Israelis being the light of the world is finished, right? It's Jew or Gentile. Those who believe in Jesus, in the Messiah, Jesus, will become the same family, right? And it's as simple as that, guys. And... This is what Satan does. I'm just going to say something and then it's gone completely out of my mind. So that's the bottom line. And we are all grafted in to that grapevine. Right? And then we honor the Lord. That's it, the elect. So the elect, what he was talking about, trying to rub it in my face that the Jews are more important than the Gentile believers. Well, you're wrong. That's absolute error. That's not what Jesus taught. Remember the Roman centurion who was a um, Gentile and what he said, he had more faith than all the people in Israel. He was Gentile, right? So everyone around the world who believes in Jesus is the same family. The elect, <clears throat> what Jesus is talking about, is that if you imagine, say, uh, a body of men in the army and there's 30 lads that have passed out from training, they've all got the same beret, they've all part of the same team, but within that 30 men, there's one who's a fantastic expert sniper, another one is an expert electrician, another one's an expert mechanic, another one's an expert telecommunication expert in radio and Morse code and all that business, right? These are men with specific roles and specific qualities right the bible talks about this in ephesians 4 11. there are teachers preachers evangelists 
prophets and so on right these have specific callings they are gifts that are given to you from the spirit not everyone's entitled to that <clears throat> these are specific roles right you are either called to evangelism or you're not because many say well i'm an evangelist really are you going to stand in front of a muslim and tell him that Allah is fake are you going to tell him that Allah didn't become a flesh and die on the cross and that's the purpose of sin are you going to stand in front of him and say that knowingly that he could attack you and kill you the amount of people have said that to you look on their faces the answer is clearly no i can and i will right that is love warning this person of what's going to happen to them if they don't repent and they accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's an evangelist. Not just telling people what they want to hear, because I will never do that. I will preach the gospel of what Jesus wants me to say. And if you like what I'm saying, it's from the gospel. If you don't like what I'm saying, it's because you're rebelling against God. It's as simple as that. That's an evangelist. Telling people the good news of salvation, that they can be saved if they repent of their sins if they repent and acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Saviour. But the first step is that you want to change in the first place. If you want to change, God can do these things through you. If you don't want to change, it, you won't. Simple as that. You don't come to God with conditions, absolutely not. He has conditions you must meet. That's the end of it. And that's all in the epistles. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. <clears throat> now, like I said, the elect are those who are chosen within the faith with specific roles. Jesus said, even those can be deceived. Meaning, if you don't pay attention to the word, if you don't stay humble, right, you don't focus on the Lord, you can be lost. And it's very hard to be lost because the, the Calvinists would say, John 14, no one can take me out of the hands of the Father. No one can take you out, but you can walk away. The Lord can throw you out. That's Hebrews 6, Hebrews 10. Read the scriptures. This is the problem with people today. They don't read scripture in context. And they just read a bit, take it out of context, or they read something, watch some rubbish online, or they listen to their, their mate from the church, and they're not listening to scripture. Your relationship is between you and God. It's not between you, me, and God, or you and the pastor and God, or you and your friend and God. It's between you and the Father through Jesus. On your knees in prayer, that's your priority, and that's your number one to focus on that. Every time you're in trouble, every time you need help, every time you need to repent, it's on your knees before the Father in the name of Jesus, asking for help. Everyone around you is secondary. This is what Jesus said, you'll have to give up everyone for me, everything for me. Luke 9 verse 23, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. Meditate on that. Meditate on Luke 9 verse, Luke 9, 23. Meditate on that. He says it again in Matthew. Jesus makes it very clear and he teaches in parables. Focus on him in the spirit. That is the first priority in your life. Your priority should be Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. If you've got children, it's Jesus first. If you've got a wife, it's Jesus first. If it's your nan and granddad or your mum and dad, it's Jesus first. What do I mean by that? If you put Jesus first in every aspect of your life, not only will you become holy and sanctified and a real child of God, but everything you're doing in your life for your family, are your children, your husband, your wife, your mum, your dad, will be 100% better. But the moment you push him out and try and do it in your own strength, you're going to fail. It's as simple as that. That's what that scripture means. God is not asking you to go up on your kids. He's asking you to put him first in your kids and how you operate with your kids and how you operate in your life. That's what he wants because then he can make you the best child of God because you are cooperating with the Spirit. And if some of you listen to this and you're confused, it's very simple. 
Come before God on your knees in prayer. You don't have to hold your hands in a certain way. You don't have to say a certain thing. You know, the Calvinists and other members of the so-called Christian denominations around the world will say, well, listen to what Jesus said when he said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, holy be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That there, when you listen to what Jesus is saying, he's saying, pray like this. Not pray exactly like this. Pray like this. So, for example, if I'm in prayer at night time, I'll come before God on my knees, always on my knees. Why? Because it shows respect that you're submitted to God. He is above you and you're his servant. You say, I say this, Father in heaven, Lord, I love you with all my heart. Thank you, Lord, for today. Father, it's your will be done in every aspect of my life. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that Lord, this thing that happened to me today, I pray for that person. I pray for that person. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that, Lord, you are with me, that you give me the patience, the insight, the understanding to every situation, Lord. You teach me wisdom, Father, as you taught Solomon in the book of Proverbs, Lord. Wisdom. I love your wisdom, Father. I love the book of Proverbs. I want you to teach me every aspect of my life how I can serve you and honor you in everything I do, Father, that it's your will be done, not my will. I pray in Jesus' name that, Father, you have your will, and I glorify you in everything I do. In Jesus' name, amen. I also say, at the end of that, I say, Father, please send the angels down to encamp around my flat, to guard my windows and doors while I sleep. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Also pray, Lord, please protect my mind, when I'm reading, protect my mind when I'm talking, protect my mind always, Lord, away from the tactics of the enemy to distract me and upset me. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. These are the ways that you should pray, right? It's from the heart. This is what God wants from the heart. He doesn't want repetition. He doesn't want you doing things like the Catholics do or the Methodists do or the Church of England does or any other so-called religion around the world because these people are just religious. They're on their way to hell. They haven't got a personal relationship with Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that every single one of them hasn't got a personal relationship, but this is my question to you. If you've got a personal relationship with God and you're that close spiritually, why would you want to have fellowship with these people who are religious? Because these people who are religious act like those in the world. They do things religiously. They repent once a week. Um, in a confessions box in the Catholic Church. Well, they're going to hell because that's not a relationship. Imagine if you sin Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then on Sunday in a confessions box. What happens if you died on a Saturday? All them sins before haven't been forgiven for. Then you're in hell. Simple as that. Simple as that. Right? Look at things in context. When you make a mistake, you come before Jesus. That's a genuine relationship. That's a genuine child of God. Someone who is genuinely sorry for what they've done and they don't want to continue to do it. If you're doing something repetitively and you find it hard that you can't break away from that, bring it to God in prayer. And I've had many things like that. Bring it to God in prayer and seek him with all of your heart and he will help you get through it. And they have just dropped off me. They just drop off because that is sanctification. He's changing you over a period of time. But if you're not walking with that and you live in this ethos that, well, once I'm once saved, always saved, I don't have to repent. I don't have to do this. I don't have that. I've got news for you. You're not a Christian. You are deceived and you are heading to hell. Calvinists are heading to hell. Many Catholics are heading to hell. Right? It's not religion that gets you saved. It's a personal relationship with God. Now, 
as an evangelist, I've talked about many things. It just pours out of my mouth. And I've got to stress this to people because they're just not listening. Right? You don't like what I've got to say? That's fine. Go read the Bible and come back and say you're wrong. Because that's what I say to people. You think I'm wrong in what I'm saying. Everything I say is from Scripture. You think I'm wrong? Go read the New Testament. Go read the Old Testament. And then come back and tell me that I'm wrong. Right? And show me the Scripture where I'm wrong. Because I guarantee you this, you won't find it. Right? And most people in this world, they do a lot of talking, but they actually haven't even read the Bible. And then when they meet someone like me, God will use me to embarrass that person. God will use me to humiliate that person, to humble them. Because they're arrogant and they're prideful. And God hates arrogance and pride. He will humble you. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. He's not interested in your opinion. I've met many a person, even theologians, that are doctors in the Bible. And they think they know it all. They don't. Right? You don't know everything. God can teach you. You can be 70 years old or 18 years old. It doesn't matter. You, everyone needs God's mercy and grace and help all the time while you're on this earth serving him. I need to emphasize this. Very important. So, the main part of this was as Christians, we are to be beacons of light in those in darkness. We are to walk like Christ did. How do you do that? In prayer, in fasting, in reading the word, following the Lord. He's up ahead in the trail. He's the main guy that's leading the pack. You are to follow him and do as he does. Right? He values your opinions. He values your personality because he made you in his image. But he wants your obedience, your loyalty. This is the biggest thing in Christianity is loyalty. And you're going to find now in the end times, this is very close now to the end times. And COVID-19 is part of the mark of the beast. It's riding it. I've never said it is the mark of the beast. I said it's riding it. And this uh, great reset It's all part of it. It's all biblical stuff. I've got a friend of mine who's into prophecy and teaches about it. This is now the end times. We are very close to the Messiah coming home. And I want to tell you, millions of Christians, so-called Christians, are going to submit to the system and think they can still be saved. Big mistake. You're not. Right? You submit only to God. You do not sit, submit to a tyranny system who imposes laws unlawfully when it suits them and that's what the uk is doing right now i can't emphasize the amount of wickedness the lord has showed me recently about my own country it's so rooted evilly within my country the corruption in the police force in the law in the politics you name it is so bad it is as bad as some third world countries and we're supposed to be the democracy of the world it's a joke absolute joke the only true the only true law and justice is in heaven. And I guarantee you this, and you listen to me, all of you. Every unjust act, every wrong act in history until now will be judged in heaven. Not one person will escape that. Everyone's going to be judged. For you out there think you won't be judged, good luck with that. You are going to be judged, I guarantee. Even Christians will be judged for what they've done in the faith and what they haven't done in the faith. No one's going to escape it. That's what I love about it. The Father's going to deal with everyone. That's why the Lord said, vengeance is mine. Do not avenge those who come against you and hurt you and persecute you and go after you. Do not go after them. Pray for them and pray for their salvation. Jesus says, pray for those who persecute you. Love those who hurt you. 
right? Because my Father in heaven will deal with every single one of them. Imagine that, you standing there in heaven, the Father and the Son are next to you, right? And the person who's come before you has lied about you all your life, got you in trouble with the police, got you locked up, got this, got that, he's scum of the earth, right? He comes before the Father, all nice and pie, kissing backside like most people do, kissy, kissy, huggy, huggy, tap, tap, tap. You know, that's what people do, right? And the Father goes, you lied about my Son. You did this, you did that, all your life you lied and you swore and you blasphemed and you fornicated, right? This man here who's my son prayed for you and loved you even though you persecuted him, right? Now we're going to look at what you did to him. And he'll bring your whole life in front of you and all the angels in heaven. He'll even mock people. He says that in the book of Proverbs. He will mock you and laugh at you in front of the whole angels if you think you're so clever. This is what's going to happen. The ultimate court with the ultimate barrister with the ultimate judge and i'll tell you this right he will deal with them straight up all this crap that i hear from women especially oh god's all about love and he'll forgive everyone no matter what they do uh yes however there's one sin that he will never forgive and that's blaspheming the holy spirit sorry there's two blaspheming the holy spirit is number one and number two is receiving the mark you receive the mark of the beast, which is not far off right now. Maybe in a few years, you're going to start seeing the mark come out. I guarantee you this. You take that, you've lost your salvation. You've lost everything. You're going to hell. You take the mark and blaspheme the spirit. There is no forgiveness. Game over. Read it. The mark is in Revelation 13, verse 14. So Revelation 14, verse 9, Jesus makes very clear what happens to those who receive the mark. Okay. And in the book of Mark, it talks about blaspheming the Holy Spirit. There can be no forgiveness. So Jesus said, you can, the Father and the Son will forgive you for blaspheming them. But blaspheming the Holy Spirit, there is no forgiveness. You will lose everything and go to hell. Read everything in context. This is what people don't want to hear. And I love people. And I don't want to see people in hell. I don't want to see people suffering. When I see some people, I start to cry. Because I love people. And, I, and that is love. Telling people, this is Paul. This is Moses. This is Elijah. Ezekiel. Joshua. All these men of God. They loved people. Right? That's why God picked them. They had very unique qualities about them. Qualities that most people don't have. They had boldness, directness, love, care, humility, humbleness. The list goes on. Right, because they want to serve the Lord, not themselves. Those pastors out there that seek things for themselves, well, they reap everything here, but they're going to sow nothing in heaven. They will go to hell if they've done abominable things before God. I guarantee it. Very serious stuff, guys. So, I think I want to just make it clear. You know, it's important to listen to God in the spirit and back it with scripture. That's very important. And we can't have fellowship with those in darkness. If people are not willing to change, let them go. This is something Derek Prince said, who is a famous Bible teacher, fantastic, probably one of the best. Derek Prince, he died in 2002, was saved in the Second World War in the British Army. Right, fantastic professor of the scriptures. Very intelligent man. And he said one time, if someone's not willing to change, let them go. Don't waste your time because there are thousands else out there around you that they hear their gospel. You know, I spoke to someone recently who's a Messianic Jew, and he's so keen to get abroad and take this vaccine, submit to it, so he can get abroad and preach the gospel. No, he wants to go abroad so he can sit on his backside in the sun, floating in the water like everyone else does in the world, right? We do not need to go to countries around the world preaching the gospel. There are thousands upon millions of people in the UK that need to hear that gospel. Why can't he do it here? Show me one scripture where the Lord is sending you out, right? 
if everyone in the UK was a Christian and born again, then yes, I would understand it, but that's not going to happen. Right? People in India have Indian evangelists. People in America have American evangelists and pastors. Right? And the UK has evangelists and pastors. Russia has evangelists and pastors. They have their own work to do. Everyone has heard around the world about Jesus. Every nation has heard about it. Now, we are in the end times. And all this crap about, I hear Christians going, well, I'm going to compromise and use scripture to take the vaccine. And God has told me to. No, he hasn't, because he's told me those who belong to me will not take it. And it all. And I want to emphasize this because this is fantastic stuff. My brother in Christ, who's, who's a teacher of the scriptures in prophecy and amongst other things, he says, Steve, tell me again what the Lord said to you. So I said, this is the voice I heard. Those who belong to me will not take the vaccine. He says, right. The Lord reminded me that I've been teaching this for quite a long time, and it's in the book of Revelation 6. So Revelation 6 actually talks about the voice that I heard and what he told me. And it talks about the... Um, bear with me one second. Uh, he talks about the seals, trumpets, and bowls. And when you read Revelation 6, it's very important what he talks about. Um, the sixth seal in Revelation. Um, Revelation 6. Um, I won't go into it for right now, but what I wanted to say is that what I heard is backed by Scripture. That's the most important thing. Because for me, I got that and I couldn't remember the Scripture. But, you know, the Lord used my brother and said, right, you've been teaching on this. Give that to Steve. You know, and Revelation 6 basically backs up what I heard from the Lord. We're not to submit to the system. Christians who belong to God will not get sick and will not die of it. Even if you did get sick and it's because God is teaching you something, you're not going to die from it. And say you did. The best thing is you're going home. What are you worried about? These people that submit to the system and take the vaccine, the only reason why they're doing it is for two reasons. One is they don't fear the Lord, but they fear the man-made man system. And two, they want to get back to their normal pathetic lives and sit inside Costa Coffee talking about extenders. These people are not Christians. A Christian follows Christ. That's the end of it. You belong to God. You don't belong to the system. If you're not getting convicted, you're not getting guided by the Spirit, guess what? You don't belong to God. It's as simple as that. Black and white. Read your scripture. If you belong to God, you will not submit to the system. If you belong to God, you will not submit to the system. But if you don't belong to him, you'll do everything as they do in the world. And I've met so many people that say, I'm a Christian. And I've looked at you and gone, no, you're not. There's no evidence that you're a Christian. I met a woman once who's Salvation Army, and she said, well, I've not changed really from the beginning to the end. Then you're not a Christian, are you? Because that's not sanctification. There was no fruit whatsoever coming off of her. And I told her straight, if you don't repent and acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Savior and become born again of spirit and water, John 3, 5, you will go to hell. That's it. Jesus tells you very clearly this is what must be done and is what I expect. If you don't do it, you don't belong to me. He's not interested in your conditions. You do what he tells you to do or you will go to hell. It's as simple as that. You do exactly what he tells you to do from start to finish and walk with him and you will get to heaven. If you don't, you'll go to hell ending up in the lake of fire because you're wicked and disobedient. He's not interested in your opinions. He wants your heart and he wants your genuine repentance. That's what all of this is about. And believe me, what's waiting for us in heaven is incredible. I've had a vision of the New Jerusalem in the book of Revelation, the book of the New Zion. 
and trust me it was incredible my eyes were like hd vision i saw this grass and these flowers and it was incredible you can't begin to imagine what heaven's like it's pure peace and happiness there's no more of this wars and selfishness and two-faced people and sickness no more diseased body getting old and tired and slow it's all gone it's like the beginning with adam and eve they adam and eve had immortal bodies they didn't die and then when they sinned, curse came upon them. They had mortal bodies that do die and become sick and, sick and diseased. It's incredible, guys. You just can't begin to imagine what's waiting for you out there. Everything that you love here is up there a hundred times better. And all your memories and thoughts will be up there with you. God loves you so much and he cares about you so much. And he just angers him and upsets him when people sin and live in it. Because he doesn't want you like that. But if you love yourself more than him, you're going to do that. I'm just going to tell you straight, whether you like it or not. I'm not interested in people's opinions. I'm not interested in what people think of me. I've got a job to do and I'm going to do it just like Paul did. You know, and I love all of you dearly. And I pray that every single one of you will listen to this message and absorb it and take it in and listen and follow the lord jesus he's the one you follow not me not a pastor down your road no one else you listen we my job is to point you to christ my job is to point out what jesus expects of you and what he wants that's my calling that's my job and i pray in jesus name that lord people seek you with all of their heart that they focus on you especially in these perilous endless times father that we need you to focus on that things are going to come about lord which is building up to the mark of the beast and we need your attention father we need your support in everything that is faith everything is about faith father and we must have faith that you died for us that you're with us that you will support us and you'll bring us home i pray lord in jesus name over this message that people receive it and seek you father first before anything in their lives that we are to be a beacon of light to everyone else in darkness we are to walk separately to everyone else we are to talk se separately we are to think differently we are to act differently we are children of god we are not those in the world we don't sit watching tv as everyone else does watching rubbish on the internet watching rubbish on the tv that does not profit the spirit but profits the flesh I pray in Jesus' name that we don't and we become different to those of the world, that we walk differently. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that, Lord, you move and move hard on this earth. I love you, Father, and you. I love those people out there. I pray in Jesus' name, Father. Amen. God bless you all. Bye.